Hello, hello, Seeker. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so excited you are here. This is such a yummy, powerful, kick-ass episode that I know you are going to get so much out of. I want to remind you, there are no mistakes. The stars have aligned. You are here, and this episode is for you. So today I'm sitting down with Monty, and Monty is a new earth warrior who is committed to activating your fire so that you can unplug from the matrix. She is such an incredible soul. I had so much fun and it it was just so powerful recording. It really gave me so much to think about going back and editing. I was hearing new things. So you may want to listen to this episode more than once. Today, Monty is talking about the rebirthing process and how the majority of people are prolonging this process through resistance. So she's talking today about how the key is surrendering and allowing the purge to take place so that we can rise as the Phoenix reborn from the ashes of our former selves. It's so powerful. She talks about the stages of rebirth and how movement has had such a powerful um, impact in her life. There is so much here. You are going to love it. Make sure to check the show notes to check out all of Monty's stuff and find her on all the places because you're going to want to be around this powerful woman's energy. So without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Monty onto the show. Welcome to the Awakening Her podcast. I am so grateful that you've been led here and I'm excited for you that you're answering the call to manifest more magic in your life by mastering the law of attraction. So cool. My name is Talia and I'm committed to cutting the fluff and showing you exactly how to manifest more excitement, ease, success, abundance, confidence, love, and anything else you've been craving. So if you're ready to crack the code on manifestation, amplify your intuition and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Monty. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to dive in with you, gorgeous. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I can tell already. You can hear us smiling, everyone listening. (laughs) I love how you can tell when someone's smiling when you're listening to them. Whenever I'm listening to a podcast, I'll be ear to ear when I can tell that the the people are enjoying themselves. So that's that's what you're in for today. (laughs) I love it. I love that. Yeah. Um, So can you start off by just sharing a a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I am many things. I was um, just saying to Taylor before we jumped on, it's really hard to box yourself into like a title of of what your magic is. But um, I am an artist. I'm a healer. I'm a shaman. I'm a mystic. But my, my passion lies in wisdom sharing is what I call it and working with people to help them be in their bodies and feel safe to feel their emotions. Um, because I'm, I'm a firm believer that, and from my own experience, that that is the backbone of creating a life that we love is we have to learn to feel our emotions and to process and shift through things because when we don't, they just get trapped in the body. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a really cool way to 
to talk about feeling of emotions. Cause a lot of people, like when they hear we have to feel our emotions, we think for our motion, um, we think about it for our emotional or our mental health, which it is that, but you're talking also about your body. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So I, I believe that the body is our portal of manifestation, right? So we can't create anything without our body. It just, that's, not why we're here you know we've incarnated in the physical realm and my personal journey so I started my my spiritual journey my big awakening quite early um at the age of 15 and for my whole life I have struggled to be in my physical body you know I'm I'm sure you've spoken to your audience about star beings and people from other constellations and things like that and I am definitely one of them and I sort of arrived on this planet and was like what is this physical thing that I'm in where's my light body how does this work (laughs) and so I really struggled with it my whole life I had severe autoimmune disorders and crazy skin conditions and digestive issues my whole life and I really, really struggled to be in a body. And at the same time, I had massive emotions. So I was always really fiery and had, you know, I would have these fits of rage when I was younger where I, you know, we never learn how to deal with our emotions. And when I say emotions, I mean feeling. Um, I think it's really easy for us to, and this is what I did most of my life, is thinking my emotions you know, rationalizing, oh, I felt that because of X, Y, Z, and this happened when I was little, so of course I feel this. And that's great. It's really amazing to understand where these things are coming from. But if we don't feel them, they get trapped in the body. And so as animals, which we are, you know, you look at any animal in the wild, if something happens to them, if they have a trauma, they shake, you know, their body knows how to release that physical aspect of the trauma. And because we've got conscious awareness and free choice and we've learned that emotion and expressing it is bad and wrong from our modern society, we hold it in. And that doesn't go away. It doesn't go anywhere. It just gets trapped in the body. And so, you know, if you think of the body as your portal of manifestation and your major tool in terms of intuition, because intuition is not in the mind, it comes through sensations in the body. But if we're not feeling, then we're disconnected from our intuition, which means we're living from the mind, which means that we're out of alignment with our soul, with our spirit, with the essence of who we actually are. And yeah, it becomes a really tricky way to live. Hmm. That's a really, again, a really great way of describing it because I really believe and teach our emotions are our guiding system. And you're even taking it that step farther to almost say like your emotions are the portal to your soul is almost kind of what I, you know, what I hear. And a lot of times I think people separate them in the spiritual community. It's like, there's your physical body and then there's your energetic body or your soul. And they're very different because in, you know, physical matter, they are somewhat different, but they go hand in hand and we must nurture both. Right. That's really interesting. So what led you there? Like you were saying you had issues being in your body. How did you finally start to discover that something bigger was going on here? Uh, it's been many layered, you know, I've, and I've kind of to and fro with it. And it's, it's been this disconnect between my mind understanding and my, my heart space, basically, 
Um, and I've studied a lot around shamanism, especially lately. It's been it's been my real passion. And one of the teachers that I came across was saying that we we have it the wrong way around. And so, because our society has become so intellect based, you know, we went through the industrial age, which led to the information age, and now we've transitioned into the new age, which is the age of intuition. And so we're in this awakening space where we're starting to realize that. We can't think our way through life. And one of the shamans that I've been studying says that we think that the physical body has an energy field, but it's actually the energy field has a physical body. Mm. And so we have this luminous energy field that interacts with everything that is in this universe. And it is actually the blueprint for how our body represents and what happens physically. And so for me, it's been this delayering of thinking that everything comes from understanding. You know, um, I don't know how much listeners know about astrology, but I have five planets in Aquarius, which is <laughs> which is the air sign, which is all about the mind. And so I'm been stuck in my head for most of my life, and that's been great. You know, I'm very grateful that I have a good intellect, but it's meant that I have not been in my feeling body. And because of everything that I went through with my body, I didn't feel safe to be in my body. I didn't trust her. I didn't listen to her. And that has created this massive disconnect. And so about five years ago, um, my body got really loud, <laughs> like really, really loud. And I'd been through a really tumultuous time in my life where I tried to make a big change, tried to move away and, and follow my path of being a career artist and had my heart broken and everything fell out from under me and I found myself, you know, um, trying to live in a new space and I had no money, I had no income, I was about to go on government benefits and basically live in my car and my body was in trauma. She was like, this is not right. You know, and she's screaming at me. And so I ended up coming home to where I grew up and yeah, my health just gave out. You know, I started getting systemic inflammation. I started putting on weight out of nowhere. I was in massive amounts of pain. I got really sensitive to like a whole range of foods. And the other piece for me is that from the age of 15 till I was 30, I was numbing with drugs because I didn't want to be here. You know, it was my way of, of unplugging and basically going la, 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 I'm putting my fingers in my ears and going, I don't want to deal with any of this. It's too much. And, you know, that's very much a family pattern for me. And so when I hit my 30th birthday and this started happening, I decided it was time to choose to be here. And so I stopped smoking. Um, I was smoking weed every day for about 15 years and I was right, right, I'm going to choose to be here. And so then <laughs> I had 15 years worth of emotions that I hadn't dealt with that I'd been numbing for such a long time all came to the surface. And so for me, the last five years has been huge. You know, it's been trying to understand and pull apart all these, these pieces of myself that I had disconnected from and bring them all back in and really start listening to my body, um, which is an ongoing journey, you know? And I think that that's, that's a lifetime thing. Yeah. It's amazing when you're saying like, finally choose to be here. 
And I love those words and I love the energy behind it because I think that a lot of us can relate to finally choosing something, right? Our, our intuition is yelling at us or we're being called in some direction or, you know, I see a lot of people that are, have, have had a lot of trauma, pain, just frustration. And finally they choose to like, okay, I'm two feet in, I'm doing the thing. And it's amazing that your choosing was like, okay, I'm going to be here. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be human then and really choose. What is it like? Almost like choose to thrive. You, instead of trying to numb, you wanted to choose to like be present. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd had um, several times in my life where I tried to leave and every time the universe intervened. And so a part of me was kind of pissed off about that because I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, let me leave. Just let me go. And then part of me felt really guilty for not having the courage and the strength to stay. And then after this happened, I was like, well, well, the universe obviously needs me here for something. And so who am I to say otherwise? Obviously I'm here for a reason. And so I'm going to show up for that, you know, and it's going to, I don't know what that looks like. I'm still piecing it together, you know, and it's, yeah, it is that choosing and that saying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And I also think that that's where the world is right now. Mm. We're getting to that point where we're like, actually, this is not working guys. And we're not going to sit by and let that happen anymore. And I think it's that shifting from the victim you know, because I was in victim for a really long time. And I was like, oh, poor me. I don't want this. This is so hard. Wah, wah, wah. And then I went, no, I'm choosing this. And so I'm going to do what needs to be done for me to, yeah, you know, have a a life of thriving and, and freedom from my own internal demons. And that's where we are collectively. We're like, you know, how long are we going to let ourselves go on being, told how to live our lives, being told what's right, what's wrong, all of those things. And we're we're shifting from that victim space into, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't going to fly anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we're frustrated with the um, lack of thriving or just the struggle. Right. And I think on the other side, or maybe it's the same side, modern society, you know, over here with modern medicine and all this stuff, we're, we're being told a lot of things. So I remember I had an eating disorder, um, in my teens and in my twenties. And I was told you will never heal from that, from my eating disorder therapy. You will never heal. You will be, there's, there's chances you'll be fine. Okay. But you'll always be triggered. And if ever you're stressed, like it, it'll creep back. So you got to always be careful and all this and people with depression, people with anxiety, people with autoimmune, people with pain, inflammation over and over told, like, you can't get rid of this, or this is genetic, or you just have to take this pill every day and you can't go off the pill because, you know, and, and so I think there's also a getting sick of that, getting mm. sick of no true answers, getting sick of band-aiding things and looking the other direction and suffering, right? It's like, we're awakening to our our power, that inner knowing that like, Mm -hmm. wait, anything the human can comprehend, I believe is possible. Anything that we can think up in our like little brain, it is beyond possible. The healing, the money, the mental health, like whatever it is you want. So I think there's also that, like, we're just getting sick of being told you can't overcome that. You can't move through that. Um, 
because especially us, you know, seekers like us, we're like, you tell me I can't, you watch me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got that little rebellion thing of like, yeah. I will prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will awaken harder than anyone's ever awakened. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I will show you. Yeah, totally. And one of so, the things that the shamans say as well, which I love, is <clears throat> so the the ancient shamans, they believe, so we've got, you know, 13,000 different ways we can be sick and different ways that we can have disease or whatever and labels and all the things. The shamans have one. There's only one disease and that's disconnection from self and disconnection from spirit and everything else is a symptom of that. Mm. And I think mm. that's the truth that we're all coming back to is there's something deeper, you know, we can't just keep treating all these symptoms and whether that's physical health or problems in the world or environmental issues, you know, we look, we're starting to have that real holistic view of what is really going on here because mm. it's not right, you know, this planet was designed for life. She yeah. loves life. Mother Nature loves life. She wants it to thrive. Mm-hmm. That's our nature. Yeah, that is such a... That's what I believe. I've just never thought it in words, but I, I used to do nutrition consulting and intuitive eating. And I had the same stance as like, or even whatever, all the work I've done. It's like when people have said like, oh, but this is my problem. And it's like, I almost just see it as like, that's the resistance. That's the resistance. And it's all just a disconnection of love. It's all a disconnection of the truth. Really. Mm -hmm. It's just like, what lies have you bought into? And that's when we could say like, I'm anxious and I'm this, and it's not to take away how much you've suffered. It's not to take away how real it is. And that's something I like to say is like, oh, it's real but do you want to argue for your limitations or do you want to recognize that this doesn't have to carry into the future mm. just because it's real now and you have experienced it? I'm not saying get over it, but do you want to carry it forward? Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. 100%. So when you said something really hit me when you said about um, that we like to think our way through our emotions and not feel our, our way through. So something in me lit up when you said that I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Source got the memo. Can you, <laughs> can you tell me about that? Because I really feel like I have learned to shut down the feeling. And there's times when I'll even sit with my journal and like intentionally really want to process something. And it's mm-hmm. like, I can't, it's, I'm just so in protection mode around it that I'm trying and I'm trying to write and I'm trying to get there. It's just like, but I know that there's a lot in there that needs to be felt and processed and released. So how do we do that when we're kind of, we are so disconnected from what it might be and how to actually feel it, not just think it. Mm. One beautiful thing that I learned about what happens when we journal. So I'm a massive journaler. I'm such a like, yeah, love my journal. And I also realized that it was a mechanism for me to not feel. And so what happens when we go and sit and write is that we switch from our feeling space into our mind because we have to think about how to put that into words. Whether we're conscious of it or not, we actually switch the way that our um, brain is working out of the somatics, which is the body and the feeling, and into the intellect because we're writing it down. Mm. So... It's a matter of sitting with it and feeling it 
And that sounds really like simple, but it really is. And so connecting to the body, my favorite, favorite processes are shaking. So just putting on some like tribal drumming music and literally just shaking my body because it actually triggers the body to. So if you think about um, energetically, what happens when a muscle is tense, for example, it's holding. So it's like holding on to all the tension. And when you stretch the muscle, it releases, which allows that energy to shift and move. And so when we shake the body, we're actually allowing the energy to move instead of holding on to it, which can allow it to surface, which can then trigger us to just go into like crying for no apparent reason, you know, or screaming or punching pillows. So allow the emotion will take maximum if we allow ourselves to actually feel an emotion takes about seven minutes to move through the system. Mm. And we like, I know that I spent 20 years trying not to feel my anger and my rage and my fury because it felt too much. But when you allow yourself to go into it, it can be processed so quickly. And it's like, how much energy and time did I waste holding it in and not letting it out? And as soon as I learned these techniques, excuse me, whether that's getting a pillow and smacking it on your bed repeatedly, like, or screaming into a pillow or, you know, um, I love embodied dance. That is one of my favourite, favourite things. So whatever you can do to get out of your head and into your body in a way that's not structured. Mm. So not go and work out, not go and lift heavy weights, not go and do like a specific yoga sequence. It's allowing the wisdom of the body to move the energy because she knows how, he knows how, it knows. It has the wisdom and we get in the way with our mind And that's what I mean about thinking our emotions. You know, we rationalize it, we think it through, we try and journal about it, we try and understand it. And it doesn't need to be understood. It needs to be felt. Mm. Oh, I love it. I love that so much. It just is just speaking to me so much. Um, And it's interesting because even when we consciously aren't aware that we're not feeling, you know, I was just kind of seeing like in our day in life, in our day and time, most of us, we don't really create the space to like, okay, this is my feel my emotions time because we go from one thing to the next and it's not safe at the bank to lose it. It's not safe when you're Mm -hmm. at dinner with your family to cry. Like that's the way it's interpreted, right? Or when we're getting ready for work, we can't just have a breakdown. Like all of us are so busy that we don't set aside emotion feeling time. Maybe you do, but we should, <laughs> but it's something that, you know, it can be for a lifetime overlooked and avoided without even really realizing that we're doing it. Hmm. Well, it's not been normalized. It's not been taught. Hmm. Like, you know, it's taken me, I'm 35. It's taken me this long to find techniques <clears throat> that allow me, sorry, <clears throat> to go into it and to, feel safe and be able to hold myself in it. And I think that was a big piece for me is I'm eternally grateful to my teachers for showing me that I can hold myself in my huge rage that I feel at, you know, society or the way we've treated our earth or the disconnection between us or the way I've I've not been held by the masculine. Like there's so many aspects 
and to be given these tools to say, you know, it's as simple as movement, breath and sound, Mm. you know, whether it's just sitting there and breathing and making sounds that feel like the sensations that you're feeling in your body. And so for me, it's just been bringing it back to the body and also not trying to label the emotions because that brings it back into the mind. It's like, well, what am I feeling? I'm feeling tightness in my chest. I'm feeling contraction in my body. I'm feeling, you know, putting it down to sensations that I'm feeling in my body instead of, oh, I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. Mm-hmm. And being able to, like, it's crazy how much the polarities are there. So because I've had such a huge journey with my body, I've had a massive journey with body shame and body image and was heavily bullied in high school and all of those things. And so I've not treated my body very well. You know, I, I became the abuser after I was abused in high school. Then I, you know, we take on the voice of our, our oppressors in our own head after a certain amount of time. And this processing that I've been doing, I've been feeling the grief that my body feels, you know, and feeling that like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I've treated you this way, that I've not been there for you and you've done nothing but support me and and been there for me my whole life without question. And at the same time, feeling her response to that of being like, thank you, like thank you so much. And so at the same time as I'm processing deep grief, I'm feeling immense gratitude and we don't know that we can hold both polarities and so it's almost like I'm finding bliss in grief. I didn't even know that was possible, you know. (laughs) But it makes sense. It makes sense because if somebody, if you think grief of like somebody passed away and you're just, I I find it easier sometimes to think of someone else because when it's myself, it's all foggy. But if somebody was resisting feeling that grief and they were just mad or avoiding it, and then finally they did start to feel the grief and said, and I'm also very grateful this person was in my life. Like it almost makes sense that those would go hand in hand. But yeah, Mm -hmm. we think that it has to be all or nothing, one or the other, because gratitude is associated with a good feeling and grief is associated with a bad feeling, but really Mm -hmm. it's just all on the spectrum of emotion anyway. (laughs) Totally, totally. And on the other side of something like fury is actually passion, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and if you think about it like a pendulum swinging, right, on this like one extreme, you've got the bliss states, you know, the so-called good emotional feelings or sensations. And on the other spectrum, you've got the the bad, the negative, the the depths, right? Most people, we hold ourselves in the middle and we're just going like two centimetres either side. Like I just won't feel either of them, right? Which I did for many, many years and I still do and I'm still working through it. And it's like holding myself, which becomes rigidity in the body, which becomes rigidity in thinking, which becomes I'm not prepared to let myself feel bad and so I'm not prepared to let myself feel good. Mm. You know, the the depth that we're willing to go to means the pendulum can swing back the other way. And so if we're not willing to go into those quote-unquote bad negative emotions, we're not going to allow ourselves to feel ecstatic bliss that we all say that we want. That is almost just as hard to allow. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I realized I've just come back from a retreat that was a seven day embodiment retreat 
which was incredible. And I realised that because I'd put up all these walls around my heart to protect myself from heartbreak, from, you know, whatever, those walls, which we all have, they're not discerning. They don't say, okay, I'll let that in because that's good and I'll keep that out because it's bad. A wall is a wall, so it doesn't let anything in or out, right? And so that is the key. If we allow ourselves to feel it all, actually feel it all and be okay with whatever arises, then I realized that because I had those walls around my heart, I'm trying to manifest all this stuff and call in all this stuff and call in, you know, my purpose and all these things, but I wouldn't have let it in because I wasn't willing to feel that good. Mm. And so it's like giving myself permission to feel it all means that, yeah, I can go into the depths of fury and grief, but it means I can hold myself in ecstatic bliss. And the universe is like, right, let's go. Like, <laughs> she's letting it in now. Excellent. Yeah. And we're meant to feel it all. So I can totally see that when you open it up and allow the universe to flow through you in all of the states, you're not so bunched off going like, I'll only allow in this little good feeling and I'll only allow in this little, you know, you're, you're opening it up to all that is, which yeah, 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 that, that makes sense that it would open up so much in us and possibility and change our life. That's, I, I just love how passionate you are about it and how the simplest things are the keys to this life experience. I really believe, I think humans want to make everything complicated, but when you say like, breathe, drink water, get still, (laughs) people are like, what? Like, no, it's not just get still and be in nature. It's like, no, no, it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's that's, you know, these simple things. So just feeling your feelings, it sounds so simple, but we make it so complicated and create these elaborate schemes to not have to feel our feelings, um, yeah. stories and walls and all the things. Yeah. It's like the, fi- I need the five-step process. Can you just give me the five-step process so I can think about each one of them? Yeah. Like, and it has no. to have a clever name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Patented. Totally. 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 So, so I'd love to hear about your rebirthing. Um, well, your rebirthing, I'd love to hear about it, but also how you help people in these rebirthing processes and what that means to you. So the rebirthing process is um, part of the shamanic journey and it has four stages that I, I, I work with four stages. And so the first stage is I refer to as the crumbling. It's where everything that was suddenly just falls away and you're left going, oh, my God, what now? You know, it can be, you know, we've just been through a massive one on a collective scale with COVID. We're like, life is going along. It's all normal. Everything's happening. Everything is different. And so we're kind of all going through this rebirth process right now as a collective but you have these micro versions that happen throughout your life, which I'm happy to share some of my own as well, just to give people a reference point. So there's a crumbling, which is where, you know, a loved one might pass away or a relationship ends or a career falls away, or you just have this feeling that something big needs to change and it feels really scary. And, you know, as the universe does, it gets louder and louder. If we don't listen, it starts tapping, then it starts pushing you and punching you and so I feel like we're always given these opportunities to to lean in and listen 
and most of us are going, no, we're okay, la, 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 la. And then it's like, bam, you know, that final thing happens where it feels like your world, like your whole world has crumbled. It's like, oh, okay, now what? And the second stage is, is the purge. So it's where we have the opportunity to release all the emotions. And that's the key, you know, that's where I'm really passionate because I have lived what it's like to resist that purge. Um, so a good example for me is um, I was in a relationship with the love of my life um, 11 years ago. And the crumbling version of that is he got diagnosed with a brain tumour and his mental health started deteriorating and we went from, you know, the honeymoon period where we were basically living together and all of a sudden he just didn't contact me for two weeks and then he told me what was going on he told me that he was starting to experience schizophrenia and all these really severe mental um, symptoms and so we went and got the brain scans and he he had a tumor in his brain and so I watched the love of my life just disappear he he changed so fast and he became more and more distant and because of where it was in his brain he got diagnosed with high level Asperger's and we just couldn't be together you know we we were so madly in love but we we just couldn't be together because he could see that I was giving up my life to be there for him because he didn't have any family or friends or anyone around and I was like well I'm sorry I can't let you go through this on your own that's just not an option and he could see that it was destroying me because I, you know, he was becoming really distant and all of the things. And so he left. He deleted me on Facebook. He moved house. He literally ghosted me. And my world crumbled. You know, this was my first big relationship. This was the first time I'd been in love. And he just disappeared. And so I was left in this space where it was like everything that I'd been pouring my heart and soul into for the last little while was just gone and so I crumbled you know I, I I stopped I didn't know what to do and then we go into the purge which is all my emotions that came up around that <clears throat> all my rejection triggers all the patterns that had, had been perpetuated throughout my life and all the the fear and the abandonment and everything but because I wasn't willing to really go there. I wasn't willing to really allow myself to feel the emotions because I was still in the middle of my numbing with drugs. 11 years later, I'm just at the point now where I'm, I'm processing it, you know, and I'm, I'm really letting myself open my heart again and lean into trust. And um, that could have been so much quicker if I'd had the tools, mm. if I had, really allowed myself to process through my body and so every little rebirth that's happened since then has compounded and that's why I've had this experience with my body over the last five years because I hadn't been processing all those emotions that wanted to be purged and so this is what happens when we're not in that space and we don't have the tools and we're not willing to allow ourselves to really go there we prolong the inevitable and so it compounds. Mm, wow. Mm. 
Um, thank you for sharing that. And mm -hmm. I just want to acknowledge soul to soul. I can't imagine what that would have been like. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just so, so present to how huge that is, you know, we tell our story and reflection and, and it's all quick, but I, I can't imagine what that was like. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. Thank you. <laughs> it's, you know, as you're telling me about this and you're saying 11 years later, right? You said now you're starting to really process it. And yeah, it's incredible because at the time, if you would have let yourself feel, it could have been a lot quicker, but it's also very understandable when you're in trauma, feeling it is it feels that much more intense because it's going on in this moment. I don't know if there's any sort of, if you've ever learned about that or experienced that, but sometimes it's almost like survival. Like I, it feels like if I feel oh, yeah. this right now, I'm going to die because you're also in the middle of like, you know, whatever else happens when a relationship ends, you know, you're trying to mm -hmm. figure out logistics and you're trying to sort, you know, so it's almost like it's too much and we, mm -hmm bury it away for maybe, you know, another time, you know, with good intentions, but then when is it a good time to ever unearth that? And then 11 years goes by, or for some people, it's their whole life, things they've experienced when they were a child. And you just kind of never get around to that box of, of dealing with. Um, but it does make sense why we do that. It's unfortunate yeah. we do it, but also makes sense because it's just so heavy in the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It feels so. And that's where having people to hold that space for you is so important you know because sometimes we can't create that safe space within ourselves and so having another to hold that space for you is so powerful and that's why I am so passionate about ceremony which I feel is such an intrinsic part of our nature like that has just been forgotten you know it's where the tribe would come together and hold space for each other and process what each and every person is going through and that's been mostly lost and so we're all in this space I've got to do it I've got to do it I've got to sort it out for myself and oh, I'll get to that later whereas if we've just allowed ourselves to really lean into allowing ourselves to be held and that is huge. That's hugely vulnerable. You know, I've, I've just experienced that at, at the retreat that I was at. Um, I was sharing around um, my wounds around not being held, you know, and that's part of this story as well was I felt abandoned by the masculine and it wasn't just from this particular relationship, but it was time and time again. And so I found myself in this process and one of the men in the group came up behind me and wrapped his arms around me and pulled me backwards and just held me while, while I cried. And that in itself rewired my whole system of like, oh, my God, I can be held and I can feel safe in that space. And, you know, this is a married man who's there with his wife and it's like we've got so many stories around what that means and, you know, oh, am I betraying my sister by allowing her man to hold me while I cry? And it's just like it's so messy. It's so messy and we all just want to be loved. Mm. We all just want to be held. You know, that's all our inner child ever has wanted mm. and most of us haven't gotten that. Do you think that we also reject, like, 
reject intimacy when we ourselves are crying out for it. Like as you're speaking, I can relate. And I I feel like I've seen this in clients too, but definitely with myself is like Mm -hmm. sometimes intimacy, especially with strangers, like it, I'm such a huggy person by nature, but sometimes I am just not like, I, it's so scary. And if a stranger did that to me, when you said that I felt all of your healing and release. And then I felt if I wasn't in that moment and it was something slightly different, I would feel weird. Not that Mm -hmm. he's necessarily creepy or anything, but just that it's me, it's my space. It's my body. It feels strange. And I can just, just be present and honest about the fact that sometimes like intimacy is a bit scary, especially with strangers. Mm -hmm. But I know deep down that it's all I want is connection and community, but I have my handout sometimes. Right. So like, what's that about? Fix me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's so many things, but it's programming, you know, the, um, the powers that be in our society, the ones that are lording over us, that are making all the decisions for us, that are telling us how life works, they benefit from us being against each other, being separate. Mm. And so our, our, our inner nature is to be there for each other, to, to be there, you know, actually be there and actually be connected. But we've got so many layers in between us and the other And it's not just us. It's not just our story. It's genetics, you know. Mm. Um, I was reading a book recently called, it's called Power Up Your Brain. It's by uh, Dr. Alberto Violdo and I can't remember the other guy's name, but it's a neuroscientist and a medical anthropologist turned shaman talking about the neuroscience of enlightenment, and how it's actually a bio- biological thing. And so our mitochondria, which are the powerhouses of our cells in our bodies, is they believe the divine feminine because you inherit your mitochondria from your mother. And so if you think about that on an energetic level, and we know that we're imprinted energetically with you know, whatever is carried in the womb, whatever our mother is going through, which is just compounded and handed down the generation, but to understand it on a like intellectual scientific level is that the mitochondria which are the powerhouses of our cells comes directly from our mother you know down the line and so what we're experiencing right now is that our generation god love us decided to sign up to transmute all the generational trauma so that it's not passed on down the lines and so it's not just us You know, I know that for me, my mother has unworthiness issues. She has her guard up. I know that her mother had the same thing. You know, it's, and so it's not just what is present right now in our society, which is don't fucking touch me because COVID. Hmm. And so energetically that is like, that's how far it's come. It's literally gotten to the point where our world, our society is saying, that the way to heal this is to stay away from each other. Mm -hmm. I just like that to me is just the ultimate representation of what they want. Mm. You know, I hate to, I hate to sound conspiracy theory, but you know, Mm. it's kind of true. Oh yeah. And we can let that 
allow us to live in fear, which actually shuts down the mitochondria in our cells. So when we live in fear, everything shuts down. The system doesn't feel safe. We cannot thrive in a space of fear, which actually shuts down our immune system. And so all this fear that they're putting out is shutting down our immune systems if we allow it to, which is the one thing that we really need right now. Mm-hmm. And the thing that boosts immunity is love and connection. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I can't help but un- like understand on an energetic level what is actually happening with this virus. You know, it's a really extreme version of everything that they need to keep their power at a time where we're all waking up and going, hang on a minute, like y'all are just like running everything. And I think about it like remember in Sleeping Beauty? Yeah. When she falls asleep, the entire kingdom falls asleep. And when they wake back up, the evil witch has taken over and they're like, hang on, what's going on? You know, that's kind of where we're at. We've all just woken up from this dream and realizing that this very small percentage of the population is running everything. And anyway, I could go on and on about that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it definitely does like everything going on definitely does have this negative impact that nobody can like totally pinpoint. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone's scared to be together, but yet being separate is causing suicides and depression and loneliness, obviously, and isolation, Mm -hmm. even in the happiest people. Um, So we all know that this isn't right as far as it's not the answer to all the healing available, right. Is to be so disconnected. Um, Yeah. It is a really crazy thing that's going on. Um, so I'm curious because you, we had two steps of the yeah. four steps. <laughs> I was just going over yeah, my I'm head. really so curious what comes after purging. <laughs> after purging, we go into what's called the void where it's like, okay, I've released all the stuff. Now what, you know, and it's where, um, we, we really have the opportunity to dig deep and to redream our existence. Right. So it's like um, another example for me was I spent six years when I left high school working in the corporate world. Um, I was, you know, running a multi-million dollar call center by the age of 24 was like boss lady, CEO, earning hundreds and thousands of dollars a year. And my soul was like, no, this is not your path. But it was really fun and exciting. And I had all the money and I had the like lifestyle to go with the paycheck And my boss turned on me and basically emotionally abused me. And so I ended up leaving and I knew that it was the right thing to do. Like I I knew, you know, that inner knowing was there of like, this is, this is the right thing to do. And so the crumbling was me making the decision to leave. And then I went into my purge phase where I literally sat in my mother's garden for a week and cried and had no, idea. it was the first time in my life where I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I was always new, I had a plan. Um, And so I went into the purge and then I went into the void where I was like, well, now what? Mm. You know, if spirit has led me to this place where that career path is not for me, what do I want to do, you know? And so I started following my art, which is an integral part of who I am. I'm an artist. And so I found myself... Um, painting a lot and learning heaps about that and ended up working in a hippie shop selling incense and esoteric books and oracle cards for years and years and years 
And so I went completely the other way and that needed to happen because out of that void, I found this part of me that is who I am today. And so now in this space where I'm weaving both of those paths together, where I am being the boss CEO lady, but in my spiritual business. Mm. And so the void is where we get to really, really uncover what we actually want and pursue that. Yeah, it's neat because um, that is so the way it works. Like as you're saying this stuff, it's like, yep, yep, yep. You know, <laughs> and that void, it's like our true selves can't come forward with, you know, our 30 whatever years, 50 whatever years, 20 whatever years of junk on top. So mm. we need the crumble and the purging to be able to have that space, right? It's like almost like the space where, I mean, that's what a void is, I guess, right? A gap. It's like, well, now what? And that is the time when, especially once you've been sort of broken down for lack of better words, I believe, and I see you're, you become more open to possibility because you're like, okay, well, everything I thought is not anymore. Everything that was my life is not. So now what, right? And and now to what I want to create, that's um that's really neat. So then how do we transition through that and what's what's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, the final piece is my favorite, which is the embodiment. And it's like what you were talking about earlier. It's like, okay, now I get to be this person. You know, I've I've sort of sifted through all the lessons, all the parts of me that I don't want to carry forward anymore. I've discovered the path that I do want to follow. And, you know, in the void is also where we start researching. You know, we start gathering new information. We start listening to new podcasts. We can't start finding new teachers and absorbing new information that can recalibrate us. And then we go into the the embodiment, which is basically the butterfly, right? That's where we step out into the world and we go, well, this is the path that I'm going to take now. And we start bringing that in. We start being it and living it. And that's where the juiciness is. It's all juicy. What am I talking about? Yeah. Well, that's, (laughs) that's kind of where the creation is. Right. But as you said, we can't have that without the rest. Um, It feels like, do some people try to, maybe this is what you're saying, try to speed through the purge. It's almost like you crumble. And I feel like we're taught to like, oh shit, stuff crumbled. Okay, what can we fix it with? Or what next now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I see people all the time that are uncomfortable if they've moved and they don't have a job for a month. It's like, gotta find something. Or, you know, if I have a day off with no client calls or if I have a work day and no client calls, I'm like, well, what now? Like I gotta fill my time with something. So I feel like there's that natural sort of tendency to be like, oh, this didn't work. Okay, on to the next thing. So how do we know if we're spending enough time or really honoring that purge because it's not really about time it's about being with it and feeling it so how do we know we've kind of done that enough or you know done it to a point where it's going to help us I think we always really know you know it's and I think this comes back to that um what you were saying earlier about people wanting to the mind wanting to overcomplicate it is we kind of always know we always know when we're like, oh, I'm just going to get on with the thing and do the thing. And there's this little voice inside going, yeah, but like you can, but if you just give it another week or you give it another little minute or you have that conversation that you don't want to have. So I think it's learning to be really honest with ourselves, mm. you know, and, and 
So truth and humility are two of the pillars that we learned in the um, retreat that I've just been to. And it's so true because I had to be really honest with myself about the piece of, you know, I've been calling in all this stuff, but I haven't been willing to feel all the emotions associated with this fortress I've built around my heart. And I know, you know, I, I know when I'm avoiding my practices, you know, I know when I wake up in the morning and I go, I'm just going to go have a coffee and like get on with the day. Something doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm off. I just feel like there's something. And it's like, yeah, because you know, you haven't given yourself the space to really drop in first, but we live in this go, 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 go society. And it's, it's how we've been wired. And that's, a huge transition and that's why so many people struggled when COVID hit because we went from this to this like nothing everyone's like what do I even do mm. um, it's not about doing it's about being mm-hmm. and so it's about creating that spaciousness and and calling on support and having time to really just allow allow it all to surface and you know you might not get it all finished you might not finish purging in a certain amount of time and it might still keep coming up you know months later but the willingness that we have to go right I'm gonna I'm gonna be uncomfortable for a while and let this all come out you know it's it's a huge sense of relief it's like letting out a fart you've been holding in for ages and you finally let it out and you're like, oh, my God, that feels so good. Did anybody hear me? That was awesome. <laughs> it's kind of what it's like and we hold it on and we hold on and we hold on and we're like, oh, one day, one day I'll give myself the time and the space to actually feel all this. It's like that day never comes. Mm. Yeah. So can you then um, share with us maybe some of your daily practices or things you've learned that really help your clients, the, a way in which we can bring this into, you know, our everyday life or just into mm-hmm. some sort of ritual? Because you said you love rituals. And when you said that, I really wanted to talk a little bit more about that, too, because I think there is so much power in powerful rituals and sacred rituals. So how do we bring this into our everyday life? Yeah, cool. Sorry. Um my daily practice is it's breath work um so i my teachers taught me circular breathing which is breathing in through the mouth out through the mouth with no pause um and that to me it basically puts you in an altered state of consciousness Mm. which i find really really powerful because i have such a strong mind And so the reason that I love things like plant medicine and breath work is it basically is my way of going, can you just shush for a minute? Like I'm trying to listen to her, like listen to my body. Um, So breath work is super, super powerful for me. Um, I love dance. Dance is one of my medicines. It's one of the things that I know that I'm here to work with and to really help people reconnect to their bodies. Um, So I have a specific playlist that I put on in the mornings and I lie on my back and I connect to my body. And so I start by just moving my fingers really slowly and then moving my hand and then moving my whole arms and just lying on the floor and allowing my arms to move. And one of the things that is shifting so much for me in that is 
I'm falling in love with my body, which I never thought I would utter those words because I've had so much wounding around body image. But it's like as I lie on the floor and I watch my hands just moving in these like fluid, super sensual, super feminine ways, like, oh, my God, you're beautiful. And it's not the face that I see in the mirror. It's the way that my body is moving. So, yeah, moving my arms and then I do the same with my legs and then I just roll on the floor and I just let my body unfurl and I let her move how she wants to move. And then as the music continues to build, I might start coming up off the floor and moving a little bit more and stretching. And it's really about allowing the body to express in the way that she wants to express. And for me, one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about is we need to return to our wildness you know, and it's letting go of structure because we're so structured in everything that especially as women, especially with our beautiful feminine vessels that we have, she wants to be wild. She wants to be free. Like we want to run wild and scream at the moon and connect to nature. And, you know, that to me is freedom. And the more we can actually embody that and create that in our bodies the more that energy is going to penetrate out into our lives so that's that's my favorite practice that's amazing those are so so good I love the breath work um I love it all but I love that circular breathing I've never heard of that exactly like that. But I've been recently reopened up to breath work and how every single time I'm so um, grateful that in such a short amount of time, you can change your total state of being like, I'll be in a funk. It's like, oh, I'm just going to do my breath work. And then like three minutes later, I'm like this goddess floating on the clouds. Like It's <laughs> unbelievable. So having a practice of it and doing it for however long you do, like I can't imagine the impact that must make on your life. And that's such a good nudge. Like we we're saying, I was saying before the simplest things, right? Breath work. And then that movement it's neat you're saying that because I've been really brought to intuitive dance lately and I'm creating, um, I'm reopening my membership space and it's it's different than it used to be. I Anyway, but I'm creating these like, I'm calling them manifestation dance parties, but it's all about like taking a moment to connect to her and connect to your wildness, connect to your, that version that's just so free and silly and, and just fun and then putting on music and then just allowing yourself to like, just dance how she would just move. And I love how you're saying that because it's like letting your body move in the way it wants to move. And mm -hmm. I think it, even with dancing, it's like you're, you're taught, you know, you don't want to do this and, you know, point your fingers or, or dumb and you don't want to dance like dad at the school dance and you don't want to, and you don't want to, and you know, and like you're, you've become so aware not to be big and bold in your space, but really mm -hmm. that's what your body wants is like these big flowy movements that, um, we've been scared to be judged for or whatever it is. It's like, we're not taught to intuitively dance. Even if you're just at the club in your twenties, you're not intuitive dancing. <laughs> it's yeah, different. Yeah. 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 And it's, I had someone ask me a while ago, how do you celebrate your body? I was like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't do that. Why would I do that? <laughs> it's been a burden my whole life. 
And so this to me is that celebration of this incredible vessel that I have that, and it's, yeah, like I said, it just makes me go, oh my God, like you're amazing. Mm. You're amazing. Look at how you can move. Look at how gentle and subtle and just delicious you can be. And then you can go to the other end of the spectrum and lift heavy shit. And that amazes me as well. Cause I'm like, wow, you're really strong as well. Like, and it's those polarities again of full expression, you know, and I don't think most people are in their bodies. Mm. And yet that's the whole purpose that we're here. We are God embodied experiencing this earth. And so anything we want to create, anything we want to be has to come through the body. Otherwise, we would just be spirits floating around. And I went through a massive period of my life where I was like using meditation as an escape, you know, and I was like, oh, I just want to meditate all day because I don't have to deal. I can be off in la-la land. And Mm. it's like, yeah, and, you know, that is a really, really powerful tool and it has an amazing impact on our ability to create and our physiology and our all of it but then we get the wisdom the downloads that we receive from our meditation space and we bring them back to the people you Mm. know that's the piece and so yeah I'm, I'm really really passionate about the body I love that. And I I really do think it's so needed, especially in a spiritual context, right? Like that's kind of, you're quite the unicorn in that way, that in the spiritual (laughs) context, it's all about the third eye and the intuition and the, you know, spirit guides and the, the, like, it's all so big, which is such an important part of all of this. But like Mm -hmm. you say, that's actually the reason we're here. And I've had that thought lately about, not like it's almost like stop striving to be a spirit to be only a spirit like I want to be that like because that's what I know I truly am but coming back to like and enjoy the human experience like you'll get to do all that and more but like right now you're here to be a human and I've been hearing that message so it's neat that you're bringing that together with movement and with really focusing at being at home in our bodies and Mm -hmm. loving our bodies and listening because Mm -hmm. it marries the two. It's so perfectly. And, um, I bet even the intuitive movement and dance helps people to feel their emotions. Is it common for you to be moving and then all of a sudden crying or laughing or something? Absolutely. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Cause it's, it's the somatics, right? And it's, it's the physical representation of the energy that we feel and you know I intuitively the word that I kept receiving especially in the last year in terms of my healing and and my my journey with my body the word I kept getting was primal you know coming back to you know as far as I'm concerned when I transition and leave this world that's the easy part when I go home to you know whatever it is, the oneness, all of that, that's bliss, right? That's easy. This is the real work and that's what we're here for is to leave this world a better place and we can't do that if we're not in our bodies. Like I, you can't do anything. You just, you know, I, I, I'm really torn because we've got this whole thing of like I create my reality and we create our reality through our thoughts, right? 
Yes, and it's a co-creation. It's a co-creation with spirit. And spirit speaks to us through our bodies and through our hearts. And in terms of science, have you heard of heart coherence? Mm -mm. There's a, a whole school and if you search um, heart coherence, there's the Heart Institute and they've been studying the, the energetic field of the heart mm. and the physiology of the heart. And the energetic field and the electromagnetic field of the heart is 60 times more powerful than that of the brain. Mm. And yet we think that we create from this guy, you know, which you can, but it's like this is the supercomputer. Our heart is our supercomputer. There's actually more pathways of information um, that run from the heart to the brain than the other way around. So we think that our thoughts affect our emotions and they do, but actually our emotions affect our thoughts way, way more. Mm -hmm. And so that space of feeling and that space of being in the heart and being open and allowing all of the emotion impacts our thoughts massively and it's much more magnetic. And if you think of it as an electromagnetic field, it's magnetizing electricity, which is energy. And so if you want to attract energy, if you want to magnetize things to you, it's got to be coming from the heart. It's got to be coming from that space of love and openness which we can't create if we're not willing to go to the depths. Yeah, I, I definitely, I feel you and I hear that. I think too with manifestation and the creating it in your thoughts, I think it's true because the thoughts um, lead to your actions. You know, your mm -hmm. thoughts create your emotions, which then create your your actions. So yes, if we think we're unworthy, we're going to start acting like we're unworthy, but I'll tell people like, it's truly the actions that, you know, make something able to materialize. That's the way I see it anyways, is like, you mm -hmm. can't think a Corvette into your carport. You have to actually do something, even if it's winning it or like it can be magical, but you something needs to be done to allow it to come in. And so when you take that knowing and think about it, like I think of that with a business, I don't just visualize a successful business. I be her and I act as if or or embody that version of myself that is rocking all the things. And that gives me the the lit up energy to be magnetic. I mean, there's so many elements of it, but just kind of, I just want, yeah, I, like, I agree with you. So many people, it's like, you can just think or visualize your way there, mm -hmm. but we need to actually be acting in a certain way. So if you're, you know, saying what you're saying about being at home in your body and listening to your heart and, you know, acting on your heart's desires and where that's pulling you, it's like the perfect combination to materialize the life you want, which is what mm -hmm. we actually you know, want on the outside, we want the thing yeah. or the, you know, on the outside. So yeah, that's a, just such a powerful tool because we need to take it into our body at some point. <laughs> it can't waltz in mm -hmm. without something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then even going deeper than that, being able to hold yourself in the feeling of the fear associated with the thoughts of unworthiness. Mm. Of like, oh, what if I'm never enough? What if I'm like actually feeling that? And um, one of my teachers says that for women, the hardest emotion for us to allow ourselves to feel is fear and for men it's grief. And so if we can create a space where we feel safe to feel the fear, 
that then will shift that pattern, that energetic pattern of the thoughts that are associated with unworthiness because we've processed the emotion and so it doesn't need to energetically be held anymore, which can create new neural pathways of actually I am, Mm. which then impacts the behaviours, which then impacts, you know, everything. So, so powerful. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how on a daily basis, or I say daily loosely, but how are you becoming aware to not add more on, you know, cause it's good to process 11 years ago, but you've got things from yesterday and today. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know, is there like, almost like a feeling like you make a point every day or a couple of days to like feel what's happened just in the day, whether it's some big to do, or it was just a normal day of ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, the breath is absolutely the quickest way, you know, if someone says something and it happens like micro moments, someone says something and it triggers you and it hits a chord and you go, oh, I'm feeling a thing, most of us will then shut that down and go, no, I'm not, I I can't deal with that or not even realise that we're doing it. But if you feel that and you're aware of it, just... (sighs) Shaking the body, like just... Sound as well, like if you feel triggered, if you feel safe to remove yourself from the situation and go in your room or go into the toilet or whatever and just it can be that simple, you know, Mm -hmm. but how many of us would feel too weird to even allow ourselves to do something like that, you know, oh, that's really weird. And it's something I've had to overcome because I'm living with my parents at the moment and I've had to be really present to the fact that I was stopping this because I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. And so it's giving yourself the permission to be the disruption because now I'm in a space where my mom is starting to open up to her feelings. She's starting to process her own and speak her truth because of the work that I'm doing. And so it's the realization that when we step into our own truth, which is this is how I'm feeling right now and I just need to process this, then we actually are a catalyst for other people's healing. We think that when we speak our truth, we're going to hurt people. And that might be true, but we're giving them the opportunity to feel something that they get to process and so it's like okay when I'm in my truth I give other people permission to do the same and so I'm going to give myself permission to be the disruption and to do it differently because this is how we recreate the world right we we actually have to do it and it's an everyday thing and so sound breath movement sound breath movement sound breath movement that's it then you're golden yeah Lately, I've actually been experiencing like when you did that, when you just did your like shaking it out sounds, I've been doing that lately. Both me and my husband have when things are really intense, like we've just gone through buying a house and we're moving and the and COVID all the stuff. When things are really intense lately without, we've never communicated about it. We've started, he'll be like, what's up, babe. And I don't even want to give it like focus to my worries and stresses, but I want to get it out. And just as you're saying, it, I'm realizing is we've started doing that where I'll just be like, I'm kind of feeling, and I'll just like shake and like, and like, I'll stop. And I look at him. He's like, 
what else? I'm like, like, I'll just, and he'll do it too, where he's like going like this, like flicking it off his shoulders and these like sounds. And, And it's so funny because we were joking, but the first time I did this just a couple months ago, I was like, I feel I feel like I'm good now. What's for dinner, babe? Like it was so alchemizing, but it was a joke. I didn't even, I just didn't want to get into it and talk about it. And, you know, so I just did that exactly what you did. It looked, that's look, looked mm-hmm. like what I did. And I was shaking my right down to my like fingers. It was like, I could yeah, feel yeah. the energy coming down and then like, you know, right at the end, like getting flicking it off almost. And it was so relieving. So we've done mm-hmm. that a few times lately, but I think now after talking about this, just doing that intentionally all the time, just, you know, as a daily practice to shake off, even after client calls or whatever, it's not, it doesn't have to be negative. It's just releasing the energy that you've cultivated and accumulated within you, whether it's good or bad, it's, it's energy and it needs to move. So I, I thank you so much for mm. making it so real and tangible because it, I've experienced that and it does feel so amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally liberating. And it is, it's alchemizing. That's exactly the word. You're taking one energy and you're shifting it and you're transmuting it back into a higher vibration, basically, or a, di- a different frequency, which mm-hmm. means that you change your point of attraction, all of the things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's energetic wow. alchemy. Thank you so much for all of this. It's been so fun to chat and I feel like we could literally have like a three-hour episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I love to ask, um, what do you think is the most important thing to focus on when wanting to manifest or create change in your life? What is the energetic that you're currently carrying in your body? That is the piece. So like I was saying earlier, I've been trying to call in all this stuff with a massive wall around my heart, which means I haven't been energetically open and available in my body to receive the things. So even if the universe was like, here, here it is, here's all the things, I wouldn't have been available to it. I wouldn't have been able to see it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, um, I was craving connection and love and attention and uh, affection. And I've had people in my life that were there willing to give me those things. But because I was in this space of protection and and my body was not available to it, it's like I was inside in a cave in my own chest going, I would like some love, please. Mm -hmm. And people were trying to give it to me, but they couldn't get through the exterior. And so, again, I bring it back to the body. Like what is the energetic you are currently carrying in your body and is that a vibrational match for what you say you want? And how good are you willing to let it be? Actually. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Like if everything you wanted turned up on your doorstep right now, would you really be able to let it all in? That's so good. That's so, so good. And may or may not totally hit home where after this, I need to do some movement because like, (laughs) I so feel you is like people around wanting to support. And one of the, one of the biggest beliefs I've had in my life is I'm alone in this. That was something in this lifetime I learned and, you know, I just learned to just be on my own. It was never worth having help and all that. And I also know there's past life stuff there too. Um, so having, 
always wanting that connection and having loving even women, especially because that was part of my, you know, pushing away beautiful women, friends with lovely energy, love in their hearts, wanting to help. And I feel uncomfortable. Like I feel uncomfortable even to hug them like outside of COVID times or whatever, not because of that and uncomfortable when they're like, what's really going on. And I'm going like, Oh, I'm good. It's like uncomfortable. It's like, let's talk about you now. So just yeah. as you're saying this, it's like all these subtle things with that wall around your heart, then wondering like, hey, where, where's, where's all my people? Yeah, <laughs> where's well, all these things? The You've made the love. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm but just craving. All the things, you know, abundance, success, relationships. It's we've been in this space of compartmentalizing our lives. Like this is my spiritual life. This is my body. This is my health. This is my business. There's no separation. It's all coming from you. It's all coming from your energetic vibration. And so if you're not available for it, you know, we talk about emotional availability in terms of relationships. Well, are you emotionally available for the level of abundance that you're trying to call in? Mm -hmm. It's the same. It's no different. It's all the same. And so many people, it's like, yeah, of course I am. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't it here? The system's broken. Of course I'm yeah, available. I'm doing all the things. Yeah. I'm not feeling my emotions and I'm disconnected from my body, but I've got the steps and I've followed them all. And why isn't it showing up? Yeah. yeah. And that's most of us, especially at one point or another, we've all been there, right? Give Thanks. me the oh, system. Yeah. Still going through that, you know, yes. still reprogramming that. Even yeah. in my own offerings of like, I need to have a system. And I'm like, no, I just... I just get to show up and I just get to hold the space and trust the energy. The energy is always going to inform us of where we're out of alignment, what needs to be said, what needs to be done. We always know. (laughs) I love that. Thank you so much um, for sharing everything you've shared today. Such amazing um, nuggets of gold and tangible things and just so much. I know my audience is going to absolutely love it. So if they want to find you on social media or wherever you are, where can we find you? Yeah. So um, the best place is Instagram. My handle is at Lauren Monty, L-A-U-R-E-N-M-O-N-T-Y underscore era, E-R-A. Yeah. Follow me there. Reach out, send me a DM. I love, I love responding to messages and, and yeah, just jamming with people. So I would love to hear from them. They can add me on Facebook. I'm Lauren Monty. Yeah, they're they're the best ways. Great. Well, thank you so much again. And um, I look forward to however our paths meet again, because I know they will. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. (laughs) It's been so amazing. Thank you so much. Good job tuning into today's episode. I hope that it served you. And if you want to keep this magic going, if you want to keep the momentum rolling, here are the two best places to find me outside of this podcast. Number one is my brand new group on Facebook called Lead With Purpose. I haven't had a private group in a long time. So if you want to join me for readings and cards and inspiration and videos, join me there. The second place is Instagram. I am all about the Instagram stories. I have so much fun hanging out and talking to you guys. So head over to Instagram, find me there. Make sure to take a screenshot of this podcast that you're listening and tag me and I will share the post. So the links to my new Facebook group as well as Instagram are below. I'll see you there.